This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Take No Sh. I'm your host, John Wasserman, and our guest this episode is Rahul Andrade. Rahul, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. It's Andrade, by the way. I'm sorry. Hmm? It's Andrade. It's uh, Andrade? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't like, come in here like realizing I was going to ask you, then I kind of forgot. How long have I known you, John? <sighs> Almost a year. Jesus, I should have known it. Jesus Christ, John. I'm a terrible person. God oh, damn. God. Way to go for making me feel bad on my own show. I mean, I didn't start it, Jonathan. <laughs> didn't start it. Just you are trying that. to finish it. No, yeah, yeah. That's the goal of things. You got to finish what you start. That's a good goal to have. Otherwise, it's it's just left out there in the ether for anybody to take. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a tough thing. Yeah. No segue for that. We're on a great start, guys. We are. Welcome back to the John Show. Mm-hmm. Take no shit. That's some great advice. So Rahul, you're a film major at LIU Post, and you're also a comedian. You perform at a number of venues, yes. like the Brokerage in Belmore. Yes, yes. Want to yes. elaborate on that a bit? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do comedy. So due, due to the process and protocol involved in comedy, you, you try to get up on stage as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Brokerage in Belmore is a lovely place to perform. Belmore is a great, great town. Uh, great uh, what's it called there's a Quiznos there it's just fantastic top quality Quiznos uh, quick plug in there for Quiznos I'm not getting any money from them but it's just it's just good to know they're around and uh, it's a great I mean uh, who, who's from there uh, what's his name uh, you know that YouTube guy that ticked off Vic Vic nah, I never heard of him Vic Dibetetto what, uh, what videos has he done Oh, he does the video. Uh, well, I, I want to keep my F-words to a minimum, but he uses quite a few of them. <laughs> I'll give you one right now. Just imagine the father from any of the Jersey Shore characters. Okay. Just imagine that type of caricature, just sitting in a car complaining about how shitty this fucking snow, I can't fucking believe. <laughs> oh, God, that was too, I apologize, John. That's <laughs> nah, all right, man. I went over my limit there. Mm-hmm. Tone it down. But yeah, I, I perform there. I perform at uh, Danger Fields in the mm-hmm. city on a sixty-first and first, I believe, sixty-second and first, right next to the Goodwill. It was a great landmark. So you got a thrift store, then you can go like uh, hear some yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. about going to the thrift store. No, yeah, no. Essentially, I go to the Goodwill to pick out my wardrobe for what I'm going to perform in. I think. Just I mean, like say yourself limits, like what's the most ridiculous thing I could put yeah, together yeah. for five bucks? Because it's danger fields. You figure that the Goodwill next door will have all of his old outfits and it'll <laughs> somehow the funny will rub off on you. It's taking me a long time to find the funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Just the I'm not funny. I am. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, also, if you want to see Rahul at all, he performs at the Brokers Comedy Club, as I just <laughs> said. It's 2797 Merrick Road in Belmore, New York. And if you like to reserve a table for Rahul's show, he's usually tearing up the open mics, which is what day? Which day? Uh, uh, all days. All, all days. All days, the open mic, all we can, day. We can day. talk about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so the number for the place is 516-785-8655 if you want to reserve a table. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. I think the next show is, uh, what's the what's this Friday? The uh, This next coming Friday. You know, I'll look it up on my Friday. phone. Friday. We'll plug it later in the podcast. The 22nd? Uh, no, no, this Friday, this week. Okay. I'm wasting so much airtime just coming up with a date. This is horrible. It's all good, man. <laughs> uh, we'll figure this all out together, mm-hmm. guys. I'm here all week. <laughs> really that's, is. No, yeah, that's a great line to say because my middle name is actually here. H-W-E-R. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rahul here, Andreda. Oh, man. Come on. Andrade. Andrade. I'm, is, I'm still messing Christian. it up. Jesus. The goddamn. Since we're talking about our struggles here, this is one hurdle I've <laughs> never been able to get past in 23 <laughs> years. Nobody can f- freaking say my name correctly. Mm. Not even my own mother. You can, <laughs> she mm. still calls me Jackass after all these <laughs> years. Yeah. Never learned my real name. My mm. mother, I'll tell you that. Get no respect. <laughs> Another shout out to the great Rodney Dangerfield. Rest mm. in peace. That's all I hear. To take no shh, right? No, yeah, yeah. You take no shh, especially when you get no respect, because mm. uh, you know that's how you that's how you fight through, right? Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> people, uh, you know, if uh, immovable object, uh, if an unstoppable force meets an immovable object, an object that can take no shh mm-hmm. and be moved by no shh, you know, what is one to do? You are at an impasse. Mm. <laughs> I'll be telling jokes later. Just <laughs> it's just as warm up. <laughs> you can hear more great comedy like this mm-hmm. at the, bo- the brokerage in Belmore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so talking about the open mic at brokerage, like so, what kind of trends and like in comedy do you see there, and like the type of comedians there? Oh, I mean, oh goodness, that's a good question. I mean, came prepared. You, you can't really uh, <laughs> don't pat yourself on the back there, John. Nobody, nobody likes someone cocky. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what I just did, you don't see a lot of. You don't see a lot of that Don Rickles that type stuff. You mm-hmm. don't. Nobody does crowd work. Uh, you don't see that a lot at uh, these open mics or at these uh, even at these uh, bringer shows, which is what the brokerage is. It's a, uh, it's an open mic, but to to be able to perform, you you bring each town kind of brings like their yeah. own people in. Uh, you're required to bring six people in to perform. That's just, you know, okay. and, uh, you know, it, it's an actual club. It's not just like a coffee shop. They need to make money. They need to put uh, bottoms in the seats, uh, for manner of speaking, and uh, that's how they run a business. But these other open mics that I go to in coffee shops and such, it's, uh, have you ever seen the HBO show Crashing? I have not. What's it about? It's it's with Pete Holmes. You know who that is. He's I a, don't he's a comedian who came from like suburbia and goes to New York City to try to do these mics. But essentially, all of these open mics, unless they bring customers, unless there are actual other people there, mm-hmm. you're performing for the other comedians that are just waiting their turn okay. to perform. That's uh, that's what a lot of these things are. And not necessarily that it's bad, because you, you'll get some people that will come up to you afterwards and be like, like, oh, well, I never yeah. knew you. Yeah, I, I like your material. You know, your joke is good here, but let me tell you something else. And then you learn. Because that's the thing, even, you know, uh, for those people uh, at home uh, or in your cars or in your uh, yachts mm-hmm. listening <laughs> who don't know that me and John work together, mm-hmm. you know. it's, uh, you it's a about, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. It's about building a reputation as well. And also, like, at a restaurant, you only really have, like, 30 minutes to really make an impression on somebody yeah, and make them yeah. want to come back. Exactly. And, uh, 
Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, working as a waiter has been very helpful. Uh, I consider that mm-hmm. where I'm getting most of my stage time with jokes, honestly, because it's where you hone uh, your skills. Yeah, that too, and uh, you know, customers are real. Comedians aren't real people. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. You, you can talk to a comedian and have him put on an act you know like this is probably as real as you're ever going to see me when i'm at work i'm I'm in character that's the thing and also you have the best audience because they're not going to leave because they're oh. just waiting for their food oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and that's a paid gig <laughs> I'm like, I'm like being a fucking comedian <laughs> jesus christ mm-hmm. I, uh only paid gigs i've gotten were private gigs and uh semi-corporate gigs i wouldn't even count them as that but like they they paid me in a check Mm -hmm. so it was corporate but uh i mean my first paid gig it was uh christmas for a family thing and uh it was nice i got paid with an envelope that said merry christmas on it my grandmother gave it to me that's beautiful yeah it was (laughs) and so were you really trying to work the crowd there build a connection with them there too oh yeah all right i mean uh you know when when you perform it's all indian people Mm -hmm. Uh, if you couldn't tell my, by my voice, I am of Indian descent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you always want to do good in front of your people, you know, and you never want to alienate your people because uh, you never know. Uh, that that might be my entire demographic in five years to come when I actually make something of myself. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's for future Rahul to figure out. Yeah. Present Rahul just uh, is having a fun time with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Lovely. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so what you really try to do with these places is really kind of like work the crowd, work the other people's guests also? Uh, try to make yourself a presence everywhere? I mean, I, I have a pretty averagely big ego. <laughs> it's, uh, you always want to... like half the room instead of the entire yeah, room. Yeah, like if... If I'm telling a joke and I get to the punchline, right, and I get to my silence and I notice that certain people didn't laugh or certain people laughed really hard, then I'll point them out and I'll be like, yeah, this guy, he he liked, like, you know, I have a Udabomber reference. If you, you know, look at my face, of course I make a Udabomber reference, but, (laughs) you know, and then I point to a guy like, oh, yeah, this guy, Ted Krasinski, he, (laughs) big writing fan here. And, (laughs) you know, it's, it's good to... Because then it brings people in, you know, it, it's, I, I do the same thing with hecklers, you know, if someone heckles me, I try to make a joke out of that and make it part of the act. Because what the heckler is doing is trying to make himself part of the show. Yeah. Well, why don't I take that and give it to everybody? Mm-hmm. Did he bring enough gum for the whole class, bitch? Come on. Yeah. You really <laughs> want to steal my show? Like, you're going to be part of it now. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. You're in the spotlight. You but, like it? Yeah. I mean, uh, when it comes to crowd work, so most comedians, they, they uh, think it's easy. Mm-hmm. They think, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little lowbrow, and uh, some people don't, don't really practice it for that reason. But other reasons, you know, you'll see a lot of comedians do it. It's really just to prompt material that they've already written. Like, uh, if you're looking at a, a lady in the crowd and you're like, hey, uh, you're a lady, right? Where are you from? And no matter what she says, <laughs> the comic's going to already have his response. Oh, you're from Mass Mazapequa. Let me tell you something about ladies. Uh, he doesn't care where you're from. Yeah. 
He's he's just bringing the crowd into it. He's noticed your lady, and now you're part of the thing. He goes to someone else. Oh, we're uh, you in a relationship? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about my relationship. You know, that, that's usually what crowd work does. But uh, some people are excellent at it. I know uh, a lot of Long Island comedians. They uh, a small handful. They they make most of their material off of just roasting other comedians. Yeah. Just just to practice. Uh, yeah. Also, probably gives you a little bit of attention too, just like roasting like your competition almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a roast battle the other week, yeah. and uh, was it Revolution Bar in Amityville? Mm. Not a not a bad little venue. Uh, they have, have really good wings. Wings are lovely. Shout out to Revolution Bar Amityville. Revolution Bar in Amityville. You heard it here first. We got lovely. Andrade oh. recommends it. And fried pickles. You gotta have the fried pickles. Fried there. pickles are always great. Mac and cheese bites. They had them, but I didn't order them. God damn it. Uh, uh, I'm fully prepared for audience. this interview. Damn it. <laughs> no, I always come out of, I always come out as the underdog. They hate me. Who's it's my mom. She wants to know if I'm okay. <laughs> this is jackass, my mom texting where are me. <laughs> I'm saved in her phone as jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you're good. You should do comedy. Mm. <laughs> No, I got the podcast for that. No, yeah, yeah. This is this is significantly more legitimate than uh, going to a club. Yeah, my mom, my dad, they're gonna love the joke later. <laughs> they're so. gonna love this. No, no. I, uh, most of my jokes are for old white people, man. That's that's who my audience is. Oh, well, you want to give us a little uh, sample of some of your routines? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm here here at LIU Post, and uh, you know, I'm having a tough time. I'm retaking English. Because uh, my last semester, I was dating my English professor, and she failed me and dumped me for the same reason. <laughs> Improper use of the colon. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. You get your dictionaries out, people. We got some highbrow material, I tell you. I, uh, mo- most of my the act, I like... stuff. <laughs> I like doing an old sailor imp- or really I just like doing a Richard Nixon impression yeah. when I tell a joke. Like it's kind of subtle. <laughs> it's not too jowly. It's just, you know. Please. I'm retaking history again and yeah. <laughs> the thing they don't tell you about retaking history is every year of history you miss. That's another year of curriculum that you have to relearn. <laughs> oh, what a jip. I tell you. You don't see too many brown people doing a Richard Nixon impression. As bad as that was. <laughs> <laughs> Is that also part of the act? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I like to do the old white presidents. Sorry, I'll turn that off. Uh, my my phone's telling me that there's a new Hearthstone expansion uh, out. Uh, big. Of course, man. You got to get the Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up with that stuff. I grew up with uh, Warcraft and all that. Of course. So I was a goofy Indian kid. I, I couldn't make friends. I had to, <laughs> you had to play video games. Oh, yeah. uh, the, that was my friend, the computer. Oh, yeah? That's why so many Indians get into IT. So <laughs> <laughs> they just play Hearthstone. Like that's, that's what they do. Oh, yeah. That's why. Mm-hmm. Get them why you. That's yeah, the thing. That's why you don't see us out in clubs. We're hitting your women up in the call centers, <laughs> calling them up like, hello, do you need the blouse? You would look good in this. Uh. <laughs> We're getting into your homes, people. <laughs> Ziz Ansari is already touching your women. You don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> God, mm. everyone's touching people now. Yeah, what do you think of that show, Master or None? 
I haven't seen it. Oh, you have seen it? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I feel like a jerk, but yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't supported oh, my boy. To, like, you try to support no. a guy like you haven't even seen his show. No, no. I, uh, I was too busy with The People versus OJ. This is a good show. I haven't uh, seen that one, actually. So. <laughs> have you seen Master of None? I have seen a bit of Master of None, yeah. So I we mean, got trade places. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, although I haven't seen it, I definitely recommend The OJ Show. It's lovely. It's uh I mean, it's a uh, it leaves a uh, it's just good acting. I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it's way too late now to have a discussion about OJ on a podcast. Yeah. He did it. Like, come on, like, <laughs> we don't. Anyone need to who talk disagrees, about you don't have to listen to it. He did it. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. It's not even allegedly. Uh, he just all right. We don't. Let's just not even go open that bag of worms. But yeah. can of worms. I can't even talk. It's all right. Mm-hmm. So OJ does that to people. He's the juice man. Just gets in your head. Juice is loose. Fuck, man. <laughs> I just remember because I was born like when did that happen? That happened June, June twelfth, nineteen ninety four. I was born May thirteenth oh, that damn. year, and uh, just really get your feet wet. Not that, that it affected that, me man. one. <laughs> you're there, like God's just like I need to get this guy's feet wet. Let me just throw this case at him. Uh, <laughs> throw this firestorm at uh, him. Yeah. Well, at the time, my mother was actually an attorney. So the case really affected her job whatsoever because everybody was fucking talking about it. It was, I think it was one of the first cases they really brought DNA evidence into a trial because all of that stuff was done uh, outside of the room. Nobody really thought, okay, let's show this to a jury, see what they think. But uh, at the time, my mother, she was a prosecutor under Elliot Spitzer, mm-hmm. actually, which is always a funny joke because I, I go... Well, my mother likes to tell this joke. I don't like to say it about my mother, but she says, yeah, I used to work under Elliot Spister. I used to be a pra secutor. <laughs> Elliot Spit. For those of you back home, Elliot Spitzer famously <laughs> liked prostitutes. <laughs> Not prosecutors, which what is what my mom was, mm-hmm. my great mom. That's the thing with me and stand-up comedy. I don't think I'm going to make it in this business. Oh, why is that? Because I respect women. <laughs> there you go. Well, what is comedy to you? Uh, it's just, uh, it's laughter. It's the yeah. opposite of tragedy. Well, comedy is taking tragedy and going up at the end. Yeah. You know, this is, this is the same thing with filmmaking, if you want to write a film. You know, comedy... Uh, have you ever seen a comedy where at the very end he has everything taken away? Maybe a dark comedy, yes, but that's why it's called a dark comedy. And it's still kind of funny. Oh, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, at least when, if you ask me, I know a lot of people would disagree, but I think uh, comedy comes from warping misery. Yeah. And, you know, or warping reality into something that triggers laughter. Because mm-hmm. that's a ancient reaction to something, laughter. Yeah. Think about it. Hey, you look in America, you look in Japan, they're going to laugh at the exact same thing. Two people oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thousands of miles away from each other. Motherfucker slips on a West banana East. peel that, that's funny. <laughs> across eons. <laughs> so would you say comedy is a way for you to heal yourself almost? Uh, yeah, I mean, not really myself. I don't... <laughs> I'm beyond repair. <laughs> yeah, I... I think of it more as like medicine, of course, but um, it's also more of like a philosophy too. Maybe I'm getting a little deep into it. 
but it's a camaraderie that you experience with people to laugh at something yeah and uh you know it could be laughing at any sort of specific thing but no comedians just kind of take the english language and observation and things that are recognizable to us Mm. and take that and put it on into something that gets this reaction this laughter so that's what i think comedy is it's just uh uh, it's a, it's like a, the medicine man going from town to town, just uh, or, or you know when the Silk Road was there, all these yeah. different people exchanging ideas. Yeah. That's all it is. Fucking ancient Greece when they were all just hanging out in temples, drinking wine and exchanging ideas. The symposium, you know. Mm-hmm. So also when you uh go to these uh, open mics, do you use mm-hmm. that as a way to kind of exchange ideas with people, get new material, fresh material? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I sit there in the back and then I write down everyone's jokes and then I see what works for me and then I just, no, I'm just, I'm messing around. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. could like see it every time. Like, famous people do it to other famous people all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what was that? Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Again, yeah. my mind is just like trivial pursuit. Mm-hmm. I just pull <laughs> junk out of a hat that, like, you could Wikipedia or Google or find it a BuzzFeed <laughs> article, and I just regurgitate it back out. But it was, I think, the show, it was either Saturday Night Live or In Living Color. And these writers would go to comedy clubs, write down people's premises and jokes and stuff, and then they would be sketches in the next week. And this was an ongoing phenomenon that was just causing comedians to quit like that because they would see their jokes on television and be like, I can't do it now. It's on a Saturday night, uh, what's him call it? Mm -hmm. Shout out Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Fakes. (laughs) Yeah, we're jumping out windows here. There's there's an empire you don't want to piss them off. But anyways, like, what made you, what put you down the path of, like, wanting to become a film major? Which, sorry, as a background rahul is a film major here at lau post you said that in the first sentence did i yeah oh they could rewind (laughs) whatever don't don't second guess yourself john you're doing a lovely job Mm -hmm. but uh you know uh it was a long path you know because i did uh first two years of college uh after high school i went to biochemistry really and i thought i was going to be a doctor yeah biochem what kind of doctor do you want to be um the ones that cut people up and then take stuff out of them and then hypothetically could put stuff back inside them to fix them up and then <laughs> stitch them up. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the, I wanted to be a surgeon. Uh, more That's specifically awesome. like a you know, neurosurgeon, I wanted to work on the brain. Okay. And then uh, uh, after the second year when I got into these advanced honors courses, I just... Wow. Yeah, I, I was way over my aptitude with my mm-hmm. confidence. I, I really thought I could do it and then i just failed that entire semester without really uh you know putting my all into it yeah and uh you know i i did well in math i I took calculus and i got like a b in that so that was art and that was putting all my effort into it but uh it's just i just didn't have the aptitude to continue that extra level in science so i went from that to uh actually i did psychology for another year in between Uh that and then immediately after that i did a film because I'd always had a passion for cinema and arts and stuff like that, but I, I never thought of it as uh, something I could practically do just because of how flooded that market is and how many people are yeah. just trying to get into that. And same with comedy, you know? Because uh, for every one of me, there's like 10 
15. 10, 15 of those abs. Yeah. yeah. Not nearly with as good of a voice as me, I'm sure. Oh, think about it. They're just hearing two uh, great honey voices talking right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just straight molasses. That's what you should call oh, the podcast. Yeah. Straight, straight molasses. molasses. <laughs> straight molasses. <laughs> and that's the whole podcast. You just say straight molasses for 35 minutes. Got <laughs> 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 At some points, you say it but a lot slower, like straight molasses. Mm. Maybe not like that, but <laughs> straight molasses. I, I mean, that's a big thing. That uh, whole what's it called, AMSR? That whole uh, you know, people talking sultry into a mic and oh, uh, just helping people fall asleep. Like or, the radio woman on uh, the Warriors from the movie. You know which one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, like that one. Okay. Yeah, kind of like that, but even more so, like even more with even more with. And, uh, you know, like running their fingers across mm-hmm. a mic to Still create certain that. sounds. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm such a scattered-brained human it's being. It's all good. I wonder if we even have some of those AMR people here at uh, the radio station here at LA Post. Oh, uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little YouTube phenomenon. People mm-hmm. people do it and post them on YouTube. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really watch YouTube videos that often. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, YouTube's become something else now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it used to be quality videos like that Mentos commercial. Oh yeah, the that little kid. Great. Yeah. He eats the Mentos and he gets the confidence and he beats up the girl because yeah. exactly. She was be- said no. Uh, good days when beating up women was funny. Yeah. Shout out to LIU Post for supporting this podcast. Yeah, shout out. I'm just. <laughs> I love how you said it right after that. Just shout. No, you have to create the me, juxtaposition. <laughs> that's why you shouldn't have had me on john you know this was gonna happen you Uh, knew i was just gonna (laughs) do worst case scenario sort of stuff this worst case scenario this is the nuclear option just so you know i'm doing lovely on my language though Mm -hmm. Uh, there you are no yeah i'm significantly more vulgar towards our customers when i'm waiting tables really i was was like you're very proper when you talk it depends you know because closer towards the check when it's like when it's all just, over it's all done you know th- there have been cases where you'll have two people fighting over the bill and i'll just go in at the end i'll be like oh f it i'll take it i'll pay it for you guys <laughs> <laughs> and they so, go oh you better not say that again otherwise we'll give you the bill <laughs> but uh yeah that is always the situation like anyone who works in a restaurant can relate that you run into people always just try to argue over who wants to pay the bill well yeah it's uh why can't you just split it and be done with it? That's what I never get. Because it's a measuring contest of exactly. sorts. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, you, you pay the bill, you you have achieved dominance for that moment, hmm. and you have one-upped. It's like, uh, you know, when you're driving, you're driving a certain speed, another guy's driving a certain speed, you got to go a little faster. You beat him. You, you yeah, just yeah, beat yeah. him that little bit. You don't even know the guy. He could have kids. Mm-hmm. He could be a pope. You don't yeah. know. Then there's some other people who are just like arguing for a sentence, like, oh, okay, you want to pay it? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Oh, they yeah. sit back, just drink their water, like, oh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> it's done. I don't mind that at all. I just, mm-hmm. uh, I've always been taught to offer, to split. That, that, that's what I've been taught. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, nowadays you can't do that on dates. You gotta always be like, no, let me do it. Yeah. Uh, you can never take a girl out and be like, no, let me do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't date a lot, but, uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I went out on a date, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't make that mistake. I paid the bill right up front. But uh, the place we went to was so nice 
that when the guy came by, the manager, I talked with him. I was getting buddy buddy, and I looked at him like, "Hey, are you guys hiring?" <laughs> and the girl, <laughs> she looked at me like, but "This freaking guy." Oh man! Uh, you're on a date with me now. You're just doing a job interview. <laughs> Great. I just used her to have an excuse to go into a fancy restaurant. <laughs> To apply for a job. <laughs> yeah, not going to lie. That could be a great scene for one of your movies. <laughs> hey, good. Oh, my goodness. I've been, I've been writing quite a bit, so yeah. I, I just, I'll add that in somewhere. Really? Like writing mm-hmm. uh, scripts? Is that what you want to do? Oh, uh, yeah. Or write? Well, that's, that's always been my strength. I, uh, it, I don't have too many hobbies mm-hmm. other than maybe, like, that video game Hearthstone. Yeah. And maybe a couple other video games, but off of that, I, I'm always writing stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm always uh, working on my screenplays and yeah. such. Perfecting your craft. Yeah, and uh, you know, like uh, I'm taking a screenwriting class now, so I've actually had something that's been graded. That's okay. Uh, it's a really dumb story about two people that uh, work at a deli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's next to a French bistro, mm-hmm. not not based on anything in real life no, whatsoever. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I don't even know and, what you're talking um, about. It's essentially a combo. It's essentially a play on what happened in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, when two people were robbed, and then they had to go steal their drug money back or something. Uh, I forget what exactly happens there, but that's what happens here. These. There's one guy, he lives a certain aspect of the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's the hustle lifestyle. The and then you have the owner of the deli who lives the hardworking American lifestyle, who's paid his dues and, you know, you see him like, uh, I've written him as a very accomplished man. You know, he has a nice Mercedes car and the other kid, you know, he drives a, a cool looking moped. <laughs> but like he, he wears the bling, but he just has all that cash for the present. You know, he hasn't saved up. And uh, the whole screenplay is just a play on the two different versions of the American dream. Okay. And which one really is valid. And Interesting. And it turns out in the end, neither is. You just do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, what, so when you're writing these, what kind of part of you do you want to project in your screenplays and your writing? Uh, I mean, it's interesting because... Uh, with a part of me, it's oh, how do I want to say this? Because like I'm insane, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of different parts of me, you know. I, I like to express quite a bit of myself, and I like to uh, put myself in other people's shoes. I like to think about the world through the eyes of another human being, and really consider it, you know, and really go back and think about it because a lot of the screenplays i write the characters aren't me or a fictionalized version of me i don't do that i don't write like power fantasies where i'm like robbing people and making money and becoming the next tony montana and riding mope yeah like my image of that kid is a young chinese kid named peter because that's a character i have in my head you know, okay. I know a young Chinese kid named Peter who is this sort of gangster embodiment of the okay. American dream who hustles every day, who slings stuff. And when you think about these characters, you can't just write them down without getting in their head and thinking, okay, if this was to happen to me and I was this person, yeah. I grew up like this, how would I character. react? Yeah. And then 
it's, it's just a matter of putting dialogue. Like a screenplay in terms of writing is one of the more easier things to just bang out. Yeah. Because you just. What would you say your creative process is? Uh, I mean, you just sit down and you just think. And, uh, like some cool story. Usually what happens is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be doing my homework for something separate or I'll have an idea and I just get it down. And then once I elaborate on that idea, I just, I, I try to do my research, see where else has that idea come about. How can I learn from the other uses of this idea? And then I, I usually get a click that's like, yeah, all right, I'm going to flow with this. And then I start writing. And it always starts with dialogue because um, the intermediate stuff could come in okay. later. And what kind of, a fi- what kind of uh, films do you usually find yourself writing and, like, wanting to direct? I, 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 always, uh, I always lean towards crime, I, uh, I yeah, think. Like gritty kind of American uh, crime? Because w- what it does is it raises stakes. It gives you... Um, a consequence that is above something that comes from within you mm-hmm. because it's very easy for a character to have a decision in which he internally just says no I don't need to do this but when an outside force comes in and say you better do this mm-hmm. then it gives you a sense of uh, oh, there's no way out I think I like that with crime it's like you know it's uh, it's very black and white so it allows for there to be a lot of other little things yeah. in the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is filming to you? Uh, when, you when you take the camera and you turn it on and you go, I'm sorry, I'm just... That has <laughs> been the interview with Rob. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, uh, Wait, is that really it? Or? No, that's not. Oh, okay, okay. We still got time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it's it's essentially the motion picture. That's what it is. It's taking a still image and repeating it a hundred thousand times, mm-hmm. and creating a story out of it because that's what a still image does. It creates a story. It creates an idol. It creates an image. And uh, that's that's essentially what you want to do in a film. Like I don't know if you've ever heard of this film, uh, La Jete. La Jete, what's it about? You know the movie Twelve Monkeys. I do. It's the original Twelve Monkeys version, is yes. the remake of that film. Yes, I've actually heard of this. Never seen it, and but I've heard of it. Yeah. Essentially, with uh, you know, there was a certain kind of outbreak of a virus, and mm-hmm. people had to live underground, and this guy gets sent back in time. The thing is with this French movie is. And it was done. Uh, it I touches think on the is. bootstrap paradox, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, yeah, and the thing is also it was done in the '60s or '50s, mm-hmm. I think, and it's all still images. Really, the whole film, all 20 minutes of it, is just still image after still image with narration done over it. Huh. So, in essence, I love that film because of that. It's just uh, because that's what every film is, just mm-hmm. in such fast pace that it looks like motion that yeah. we're seeing it happen in real time but this we're really not just getting down to the nitty gritty that's down the to beautiful the part of it it's magic it's literally magic it's watching is it what it is yeah it's um you know it, it's a certain kind of art that and, and now that we're in such a technological generation that just any kid with a smartphone can become a filmmaker it's mm-hmm. become magic in everyone's hands yeah. you know that's uh 
I was actually thinking about that recently. Like, you know the live photo you could take? Mm-hmm. I was like, that is something straight out of Harry Potter, just a moving picture. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. There you go. I it's mean, crazy. That is the... Uh, I forget where I read this. Again, more Trivial Pursuit BS. Hmm. But it's like... Um, how we have almost imagined everything that we could possibly come up with mm-hmm. you know we have come to come to a plateau of information that we would probably have to come up with a new element or new something to get past but hmm. you know it's just everything's out there yeah. every kind of film every kind of every kind of comedian mm-hmm. uh, you know they remade they remade Jumanji <laughs> Uh, remade RoboCop. They remade everything. They made a sequel to Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, no. I mean... Uh, no, especially the way they do that. You know, like Star Wars and like The Last Jedi and Blade Runner. The way they like pick it up. Like they realize the time in between. They pick it up yeah, after that yeah, kind of time. Exactly. I mean, uh, that's the thing. It's uh, There's always going to be something that has been done. And... Uh, it, it, when you write, you always have to be knowledgeable of that because you don't want to repeat anything. But at the same time, you need that foundation to build off of idea. Well, it seems you're pretty passionate about that. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, uh, I was never good at sports. so I hear you on that. What else am I going to do, man? <laughs> Got to be a geek. Mm-hmm. Got to be a geek with this sexy voice. Freaks and geeks, man. <laughs> But where, yeah. what do you think really puts you on that path? You know, these two passions you got. What do you think in your early life, if there was anything that really kind of put you here? Uh, I guess I was always uh, always a fan of the arts. Yeah. I was, you know, because you think about uh, what we are and who we are as people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, what we've accomplished, right? And the people who are remembered, all the generals, the war leaders, the presidents, but why do we go to war? To preserve art and culture. So you gotta, it's interesting to me, you know, what was always more important as a human, you know, yeah, as a human. And I always found that arts and culture were in preserving that that identity of us and us being aware of ourselves and our minds and our dreams especially. So, uh, yeah, all of this is leading to a good quote that I just can't remember. It's, it's all just filler, everybody. Jesus Christ, I can't remember this quote. Rahul Andrade. Uh, I am so good at filler. You, you have no idea. While I, we're on the, while we're thinking of that quote, yeah. So you think you ever like experienced a roadblock in your life that really kind of like put you on this? I mean, uh, <laughs> my my overall experience as a child kind of made me out to be a funny guy, right. you know. Because I was always getting put down for looking like a member of Al-Qaeda, you know, at the age of five. Wow. And, uh, you know, you had to... And I was, a, I was a scrappy kid, but, you know, and everyone was about the same size as me, you know. I had gotten into fights at the time. But fights are fights, you know. It's, you never want to be involved in violence. As yeah, a, and know. as someone who grew up with... A, very non-violent traditions and that's still my belief i don't like fighting uh i refuse to and uh you know the the best way around that is a quick wit that's true you learned how to use your words instead yeah and uh 
I became fairly good at it for a time. So you think you kind of overcame that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, I, I'm not I'm not putting myself uh, in a certain situation because uh, there are many people who have gone through much worse than I have. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I, totally I have understand. definitely been called names. You know, people have tossed the N word around even at really? me, and uh, th- there has been a time where I've been jumped. Uh, I don't even know if it was for uh, my uh, general appearance. But, you know, I've I've gone through my fair share of trouble. It's just yeah. really, the, you know, there's six billion people in this world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're, we're all bound to, to get into certain situations yeah. with one out of those other six billion. And I, I think the best thing to do to get through it all is to just laugh it off. Yeah. That, that's... Just laugh it off, say, wait, you're not bothered. You're not bothered. You know, uh, Come back with them something even funnier while you're laughing. Use that to think of it. Exactly. A little bit of filler. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, uh, of course you're going to have uh, hardships in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, they may be, like, you know, I'm, as I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. a white guy, I'm sure there have been many things in your life that you would consider roadblocks and obstacles, mm-hmm. right? And I, I've had... Uh, roadblocks and obstacles too and those have been just because of my uh, skin color but that doesn't mean uh i i have to stop that i have to you know uh stop caring to live uh you a big norm mcdonald fan i want to say i am but i can't say i've heard of him he's (laughs) I want to say it's him who does this bit. I keep forgetting, but it's this great bit like when, you know, the newscasters come on the news after they say somebody's killed themselves and they go to the friends and family. And, and I'm repeating Norm MacDonald, of course, talking about this. And they go to the friends and family and they say, oh, no, I have no idea why he did it. You don't? You, you, ne- you never heard about life? <laughs> What, do you live in a cotton candy house or something with that? I mean, life is life, man. Mm -hmm. Life is miserable enough as it is without, you know, in a perfect world, everybody would be having cotton candy. And it would be different then. Um, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. In in a perfect world, slavery would have never happened. White people would have gone to Africa and been like, you know what? Let's leave them alone. Let's go back and do our own thing. And then who knows what would have happened. God bless. But, you know, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And clearly there is a consensus that it cannot happen anymore. And I think I was lucky enough to grow up in a time of that. Because as much as I did have kids come up to me, like, you know, going, hey, hey terrorist stuff. I, I had just as many people who were supportive, like my parents and such. Of course. You know, people who helped me through everything. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, I, I didn't have time for that crap. I had I had my younger brother I had to take care of, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, because when he was just born, he was diagnosed with severe autism, and that didn't improve until later on in his life. So, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I guess that distracted me from all the racism. <laughs> yeah, you had better shit to do. Yeah, I had other shit to take care of. Andy, yeah. I, got, I don't got time for this, guys. Can I go? No, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did that word around? But it sounds like that really kind of impacted you in a way. In a way, it kind of helped you overcome it and put you on like a passion that you have now. Oh, yeah. Comedy. Mm-hmm. 
it definitely turned me into the miserable person I am now. <laughs> miserable, lovely person who's been oh, making stop. jokes for oh, the past 50 it. minutes. Oh, 50 minutes. Goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah, we're having fun. Time flies. No, yeah. I've been looking at the clock the entire okay. time. So I guess it's been going a little longer for you. Though. No, yeah. I, I always look at the clock. I got to time myself. I need to know when I got to get the hell off stage. Light <laughs> me. You know, tell me when my two minutes is up. Oh, man. But so do you think like um, with your bro- taking care of your brother mm-hmm. with all this like, you know, firestorm of, I guess, insensitivity, right. especially growing up in the post 9-11 era. Uh, do you ever think you kind of experienced a moral crossroads in your life? Uh, moral crossroads? Um, like people uh, towards me or me, myself? Well, you like you having to choose between two things mm. where mm. your character was deeply affected, deeply influenced. Uh, <laughs> I mean, other than breaking ladies' hearts. Hmm. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not that that attractive. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, there, there have been times, uh, again, I don't want to incriminate myself on the air. Uh, you know, there, there have been times you, you do... Uh, and dirty things to make some money. No, I'm just joking. I'm just messing with you, John. No, we can edit it out. Don't worry. Having too much fun here on the podcast. Uh, Your voice shows it. And I'm just stalling to uh, think of actual turmoil in my life. But yeah. the thing is, everything that I've experienced, whether it was physical bullying, verbal bullying, all of that, uh, is very easy to dust off. I've always been a very calm person. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> The last guest on your show once, we almost got into a fight. Really? Yeah. I didn't even realize. Because <laughs> uh, I told a joke, and it went over his head, and then we kind of just got a little heated. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during the entire thing, you're calm. You're mm. collected. The guy wants to kill you, you're calm. You're collected. That's what being a waiter teaches Get him you. in the next life. I'm Hindu, bitch. <laughs> Come back as a mosquito. I'll give you malaria. That's how it rolls. <laughs> That's karma. No, yeah, that's karma. Is that a mayfly on the board? It's like a spider on the circuit board. Uh, where? On the other side. No, I'll take it. Right. It's not a cockroach, is it? God no, damn. No, no, no. We're fine. <laughs> come on, come on. Don't Getting give us a bad rating. Come on, sh- show up that. But, yeah, don't give that allow you a bad zaggy rating. Come on. No, yeah. No, no, there was a... No, it just reminded me of one place I used to work that... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Cockroach is coming out of the wazoo. Wow. I won't name the place, yeah, but it was uh, uh, it was or was not in Massapequa, so don't worry about it. Allegedly, 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 allegedly in Massapequa. We not we're not for sure. He doesn't remember. No, no, Manhasset. Sorry, Manhasset. Yeah. It was oh, definitely in Manhasset. There we go. Yeah, I've ruined it. There now he's positive. <laughs> I'm positive. Yep, mm. Freddie Mercury positive. Yeah. God bless Freddie Mercury. Hmm. Yeah, good segue. Great segue. Yeah. So All speaking right. of Freddie Mercury, you ever have any mentors in your life that really helped you out? <laughs> yeah, Freddie Mercury. It's very I mean, smooth, you know, very smooth. You know, Freddie Mercury is one of them, definitely. Hmm. You know, he was uh, he was gay. He was Indian, uh, part half Indian, I think. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, he was he's just uh, you know a role model to uh, all. Uh, all outliners everywhere in society. Anybody slightly outside the box there. Um, 
mentors though with comedy specifically comedy there's film. quite a few people in long island that i would let you know yeah. talk about like uh, uh pat marone a very very funny long island comedian who uh you know uh, literally every word i hear him say to me is gospel yeah. uh you know nikki chavla an incredible uh female comedian uh not that i need to say the word female but you know she's uh she's an incredibly uh real comedian who uh helped me out more with my personal voice uh who i think you should have on the show by the way she's yeah. lovely give her uh, give her my and info she'll definitely give you much better material than i've done i <laughs> guarantee that um who, who else do i really like in long island uh uh, Jessica Colazzo, she's a comedian out in uh, another funny female comedian out in uh, Suffolk. Yeah. She's uh, very talented, uh, very funny, and uh, one of the few musicians who uh, I really respect yeah. that plays the ukulele. I should have finished that sentence. She plays the ukulele, and I respect her. Mm -hmm. That's a real tough niche to get into. Yeah, it is. I still don't like Train, but I like Jessica Claus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, her, I don't, yeah. she She's, uh, I don't know what her shows are. She's probably going to be a governor's. All these guys, they, they do the governor's shows, you know. They, okay. They're real popular over there. Me, not so much. I accidentally insulted the, uh, no, the not governor. real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the governor. Yeah. I pissed off the governor <laughs> of Governor's Comedy Club. He doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. But, no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. That's the thing. I can't insult those people. They're good people, you know. They, you still keep in touch with all of them? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's been a week or so since because I've just been busy with class and stuff and writing. And uh, even though I've skipped my history class for the past two weeks. Oh, no. I'll help you out with the history. Don't I'll worry. figure that out. I am a history major, so. Oh, God bless. What, uh, uh, what class is it? It's just American history. Oh, I uh, got you. Se seven, uh, 1773 to um oh no sorry uh american 70 73 and then before okay. so like we start out with the mayans and such okay yeah yeah quite interesting stuff really Sounds depressing awesome, yeah we have this one we have this one kid you know you've been skipping the class huh how do you even know what's going on you've well i'm talking about the beginning of the course i skipped <laughs> the last two weeks John. pay attention <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny we have this one kid in the class he's from uh he's from denmark mm -hmm. right and we're we're on talking about the KKK, yeah. And our professor alludes to the fact that the KKK still exists, and this kid freaks out like, "What? <laughs> How is that still legal? How do you not terminate the KKK? <laughs> I can't do a Denmark. I can only do weird German. How do you not terminate the KKK? Yeah, it's Austrian. All Schwarzenegger is Austrian. I I, I don't know the difference. <laughs> How do you know Terminator is KKK? I don't know. I can only do Bruno. <laughs> well, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, I'm Bruno. <laughs> Having a fun fashion week today. Yeah. That's, a, That's a great one. Always good to be able to do voices with comedy. Because mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, because these, so these guys hustle. Yeah. These guys hustle. You know how it is. I mean, you got to you gotta make money everywhere. I um I've been uh you know putting my work out there putting my resume out there for uh, mandy.com if you ever heard of it 
It's no. a nice little website that does a lot of post-production jobs and voiceover work and acting work. Well, More specifically, voiceover work. So you're really trying to like, pr- pursue, progress that career, though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, you know, career, I don't know, because... I've always been more of a writer. That's mm-hmm. always been my strength. Yeah. Uh, just because I can, I do have this amazing, sexy voice doesn't mean I need to make a job out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Face made for radio, huh? In the famous words of uh, Kumar, uh, just because you're hung like moose doesn't mean you should get into a certain business, you know? Uh, Fair enough. Mm-hmm. This podcast is rated G, by the way, right? You know... Who's even listening to this? Of, yeah, who is listening to this? That's Jesus a good question. You know, I, I don't think anyone under the age of 17. So we're Mrs. Wasserman listening to this? Yeah, Miss Wasserman will definitely <laughs> hey John's be listening mom. to this at some point. Yeah, Miss <laughs> Wasserman definitely uh, will be. Your other mom's that, the best. Yeah, your parents buddies, are both yeah. very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't think my parents have eaten at the bistro with you guys. Because no. I tell them to go by, but they don't They don't feel like driving to Port Washington for some reason. Well, that's from Garden City, so? No, no, no. It's um, uh, by uh, East Williston, Mineola. Now Mineola? No, no. I uh, I always lived in East Williston, but oh, before that I was in uh, Forest Hills. Okay. Where'd you get Garden City from? I could have sworn you told me Garden City once. You went to Garden City High School, right? No. I, I'm uh, just hearing stuff in my head now. I'm just putting random memories. I went to Garden City once for Sonic. They have a Sonic there now. I've never been to Sonic. It's nice. They got a lot of juices and iced teas. Oh, yeah? It's actually great. It's, uh, no offense to Sonic, but the burgers suck. Only real good thing to go there for is the drinks. <laughs> and, I mean, they uh, got something good. They got something down pat, you know. And all the lovely uh, wait staff on rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Those are great people. It's also a great, you know, you could uh, relate to this. It's the service that they're, you mm-hmm. know, oh, providing, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, well, you got to have a good sense of humor if you're on rollerblades all day yeah. so <laughs> they were they were they were funny over there mm-hmm. again like uh i don't remember any of the quips but it's like the same thing i do just the little the little things when people come in like oh you don't have a reservation can't let you in <laughs> but smiling slightly you know yeah yeah the, oh. yeah it's um it's the subtle passive aggressiveness just yeah i mean uh, how you get by <laughs> you go to like a place like uh Birmingham, England, and they're just mean over there for the sake yeah. of it. You know, there's no, there's no double talk there. They're just Remember? like, you want your own goddamn chips? You take them yourself. Yeah, I love, I love England, man. It's yeah. a beautiful place. Yeah, they got a lot of family over there because uh, they conquered our country for a couple hundred years. Yeah. So, a couple of, a couple of us thought it would be good to migrate over to England. Beat them at their own game. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, though. Now they just. Is segregated. Birmingham's so filled with Indian people, it's crazy. Really? Yeah. If you ever heard an Indian person with a British accent, it's a lovely sight to see. Mm-hmm. Just a big Apu looking motherfucker. <laughs> wow. Apu looking motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I just said Apu looking mother. You know, I no. didn't add that last part. Oh, well, that I last just expletive. All right. Yeah, you because know, I'm trying to keep it PG. 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 We went 12. from G to PG. Is at least TV 14 now. <laughs> it's off the rails here. <laughs> Take no sh- podcast. You're going to send the FCC down here to fucking kill us. <laughs> it's uh, going to come swat us. Swat right through us. They'll get Jason first. <laughs> poor Jason. Uh, poor Jason. Uh, Jason <laughs> left. He's good. Okay, thank God. So I it's hate just Jason. me and you in this building. Freaking hate Jason. I hope you do. 
Hope he listens to this later. He's such a weenie. Okay. Got from the second I saw him. Calm down. Calm down. Just... Anyways, on a lighter note, what do you think your passions are today? Uh, hating Jason. Okay. <laughs> 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 I hate him with a passion. Uh, yeah. My passions are, uh, you know, uh, writing, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, it, it comes real naturally to me, you know? I yeah, like just like writing these now. quips. I, uh, <laughs> like earlier, I had this weird idea for a story. I don't know if it's been done, but like a mom who's, uh, who was separated, who, you know, she gave her son up for adoption mm-hmm. as a kid and kind of left her husband and did that to pursue her own career and became an this attorney. Yeah, this is some, well, I've only written like the first seven pages because that's, that's like that's a process I have to get through. You know, yeah. I always write the first seven pages of something and then keep writing and rewriting it until it. it I think it'll give me an ending that I want. You know, because uh, I'm always thinking about the very ending of my screenplay before I even write it. Because that, that's the I feel like that's more important to me than the actual uh, story itself is how it concludes. Mm. And what's the uh, goal I'm trying to reach here? What's the, uh, uh, what'd you call it? Catharsis? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I think end goal is. End goal. Yeah, I just didn't want to say goal twice in the same (laughs) sentence. (laughs) It's unbecoming. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a cute little thing. And then eventually she... uh, (laughs) I say cute. I don't know why I said that. Eventually, she get, uh, be, uh, loses her job as a prosecutor, has to become a public defender, and she ends up uh, running into her son that was separated from her, and she has to defend him in a murder case without actually knowing that she's his son. Hmm. And uh, i got to figure out the whole legal aspect of everything because that's the only part that's uh, jarring me with writing it is how the logistics works. That's, that's the thing. You got to do your research if you want to come up with something good. And you make uh, it authentic. Like, look at the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not even like I'm trying to make it authentic because I want to sell it out. Mm-hmm. But, like, for me, if I'm going to read this later, if I'm going to be proud of it, you know, uh, some some guys, like, you know, they like to build a birdhouse or a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a freaking chair, and that's their legacy. That's theirs. Well, th- this is mine, like a oh, screenplay. Yeah, that's their passion. Like, this yeah. is what you want. Do you want to leave a screenplay yeah. for Like, I, I want my grandkids to find a dusty screenplay in the back of a garage, you know? finish it? Yeah, exactly. Like, that would be uh, another great movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which has probably <laughs> been done a million times, just like everything else, just like this podcast. <laughs> this is a couple other jerk-offs in San Jose, California. Uh, San Jose U. Couple of jerks named uh, Joe and Rohan doing the <laughs> Take No BS podcast. It's parallel universes, Bullsh. man. You never know. Uh, <laughs> you know what those West Coast guys are doing. Oh, yeah. And them West End boys. West End. Yeah, you can't trust them. West End Town Devil. West End boys and West End boys. No, I just like Synth Rock <laughs> and uh, the Pet Shop Boys. So what do you want people to really take away from your story, from what you told us so far? Oh, well, I hope they take absolutely nothing. I've just started complete gibberish for the past <laughs> hour. Oh, man, if you take something from this, you're insane. 
but uh, definitely don't do comedy. Keep doing biochemistry. We need more doctors. <laughs> God, Lord. <laughs> Keep doing biochemistry. It's not that hard. Seriously. No. <laughs> uh, don't do it. I mean, look, uh, when something gives you trouble, mm. you, you know, it makes you feel upset, you just look on the bright side of things, you know? Mm. And uh, you just... <laughs> and then you just... Yeah. Move along through life. Just laugh it off. Uh, yeah, exactly. Laughter is is the best medicine. Right. You think it really? You think laughter really heals people? Uh, not physically. <laughs> I mean emotionally. <laughs> Penicillin does wonders. I'll tell you. But uh, laughter, laughter is a close second. Uh, yeah, okay. is uh, it's a lovely thing. Uh, la- laughter is great medicine. Right. And uh, one thing I can, if you can take from this, is. Uh, you know the people at home is just get along you know mm-hmm. why can't we all just get along that's all it I is I agree man you know because that's the only thing that helped me get through life yeah. is getting along with everybody make everybody a friend you know I, I have never really uh, thought I hated somebody yeah you know even even if someone's threatened my life you know you can't take it personally you can't you ever read the yeah. book called The uh, Four Agreements? Oh, I have it. <laughs> I have it laying around in my house yeah. somewhere. No, I was, uh, so I talk about that. There was going to yeah, say you really like I'm, that I'm going to read it before I head to bed, actually. Thank mm. you. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, <laughs> Jesus fantastic. Louise. You should pick no, it up. I was supposed to read it for my high school, for really? a high school assignment, and I just didn't, didn't even <laughs> touch it. It's just been sitting on a desk for five years. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I was, uh, I made the horrible decision. I was going to either read that or Great Expectations. And for some stupid reason, me. I picked Great Expectations. God, I was dumb. Ooh. Oh, what a horrible book. Freaking Pip, I hate that kid. Hmm. Almost as much as Jason. <laughs> so that's your real passion. That's what you're pursuing right yeah, now. Just, just hating Jason. Yeah, I'll get him one of these days. Oh, you, you betcha. I'm going to show him this. He's be like, what did I say to him? <laughs> you didn't have to say anything, Jason. You didn't have to, exactly. have to say anything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you didn't hate anyone until he met you. Uh, he seems like a great guy. <laughs> uh, so you got any, like, current movie projects you're working on? Like, that are, like, uh, through the school that we could check out on YouTube or... I'm not sure actually, because um, I'm I'm just producing it. Okay. I'm, I say just produce. I'm just buying all the equipment and shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm doing. No, no. I'm I'm bring I'm renting some of the equipment from uh, class, yeah. and it's uh, uh, for a documentary I'm doing on just an open mic in general. Okay. Yeah, and just going to people and talking about literally why they why they come out. Why are yeah. you here tonight? And just talk about it a little bit because. You know, uh, comedy is just, it's the art of being able to waste people's time. Hmm. You know, you don't need to be at a comedy show. Go go cure cancer or something. <laughs> There's better things to do. Been a master at that so far. Oh, yeah. Oh, Look I'm at that. Hour, hour nine minutes. <laughs> this is good timing I'm making. <laughs> I mean, um, you, you know, it is an art of wasting people's time and you want to. In an uh, entertaining way. Yeah, of course. But uh, you know, there's there's better things to do. Go go be doctors, people. 
You got a documentary coming out? Yeah. Open yeah. mic documentary. It's just a little thing, you know. Why Why are you here? Why aren't you becoming a doctor? <laughs> or what do you do when you're off time when you're not doing yeah. this, you know? Because uh, it's funny. Three of comedians I know all work at Starbucks. Oh, yeah? And then the other two, they, they actually have degrees. They're actually doing stuff. So, you know, they, people do things uh, outside of comedy. People have mm-hmm. lives. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Rahul yeah. here. Waiter. Mm, not even close. No. Student. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, a waiter first, student. <laughs> Second, then comedian. And then very last, brown person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just brown by, you know, association. Yeah. Brown by association. Yeah. I'm, Two parents. I'm white as cottage cheese, man. It's <laughs> cottage cheese, baby. Yeah. Oh, well... This has been our podcast, no, Take yeah, Nosh. Yeah. Do you got anything, any last words you want to say? Oh, no, this is going on long enough, John. All we right. gotta, we got to end it here. Well, God catch bless, us next John. time. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you too, buddy. No, yeah. See you guys next time. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.